this is my instant reaction to Tatan. titles of the films for these instant reactions if you must lady one but that has never been there has never been a time there has never been a movie there's never been an instant reaction where it's been more necessary pertinent appropriate to put a giant question mark behind the title of the film one i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right Two, even if I am pronouncing it right, I don't know what the hell I just watched. This is my instant reaction to Tatan, and I will say this. Please do not listen to this if you have any aspiration whatsoever to watch this film. If you've never heard of it, it's a French uh, film that won uh, some major awards in the film festival circuit, most notably Cannes. And is from a French filmmaker who is most known for a cannibalism movie. Um, it's sort of art house horror is uh, kind of the wheelhouse they're in. The film, of course, is called Raw. And uh, it is Julia. I'm trying to pull this off the top of my head. Julia. Uh, some would take that as disrespect. But these are instant reactions. I'm not trying to do a deep dive on the film or uh, her career. Um I, um, hmm. <laughs> she has a penchant, a style uh, uh, that she's carved out for herself that is, you know, not exclusive to her. It's a kind of a European sensibility, European style, not just French, but uh, various other European directors where they are making horror movies. They don't quite make them, you know, that like we do. Um, American horror movies, at least for the longest time, really built around viscera or visceral experiences uh that has changed a little bit we've we've definitely been influenced uh, a little bit by uh japan heavily and asian country asian cinema in just about every way but we've also recently been influenced by european cinema and so you see that a lot in say like the work of an ari aster right he's pulling from say a david cronenberg but he's also pulling from you know, weird European horror films uh, that w- that we would view as being weird. And that is the best way to describe this. This film, Tatan, is David Cronenberg meets a really weird foreign film. Not so weird that it's surreal. Um, there's certainly some high concept elements to it, but it is not surrealistic. It's not, there is a coherent narrative it takes a little bit of time for it to take shape and to take form. Um, it takes a little bit of really we're, we're once we get into the second act of the film, the actual story of the movie, the narrative, the plot actually begins to unfurl. It's not that the first, you know, third of the film is plotless. That's, that's not what it is. It almost transforms. And in a way it, there, there's a middle section of the film in which it's almost, not entirely, almost a genre flip, where it goes from being a 
really it's if you really want to think about it, it's three genre flips but they're nested inside of each other <laughs> they're 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 the story is told in a way where it is nested so that it doesn't come completely out of nowhere right it doesn't take some abrupt turn and you're like well this is a completely different movie the the ideas you have a sense that the writer the director everybody is in control of the narrative and they they know where it's going to go and they know what they're doing which makes the ride uncomfortable based on what they're doing and showing you and this is a highly uncomfortable film but it's also enjoyable in a weird way. And that is the cinematic achievement here. This is um, one of the most oddly comforting body horror films I've ever seen in my life. It is this a mix of things that I don't know that you could put together twice if you tried. It is... I, 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 let's start with my experience. Heard the hype, heard the praise... Got a chance to go to a screening of it. It is in limited release across the United States. And got a chance to go to a screening. So mixed everything up. Changed the plans. Changed plans for the show. If you listen to the Venom, <laughs> let there be carnage. Instant reaction. Let no one ever tell you that we are like deadlocked into a certain type of film here. That is the pride that I have in binge movies. Truly, like from my heart. I love the fact that we talk about weird French high concept body horror drama comedies and we also can talk about you know uh, you know we can talk about films with subtitles and films that need subtitles because it's tom hardy talking uh as a symbiote uh in a very very just brutally brutally odd film what's weirder venom let there be carnage or this one the difference being in this film, I feel like they actually know what they're doing. The other film, it feels like, well, we salvaged what we could and we put in theaters. Okay, back to point. I had a completely different idea, completely different schedule, completely different. But I got a chance to see this movie. And so I went to see it. I went to see the film and I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know what the plot of the movie was. I hadn't read a single review I had seen people saying this is one of the best movies of the year, and that's really about it. You know, it's won all these awards, da 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 da. This is gonna blow people's minds, yada 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 yada. So I went in as cold to this movie as you possibly could. I saw it in a theater of maybe it was in a smaller theater. I don't know if there was ten people in there. There was a hundred, you know, that kind of a thing, and so. You know, not very many people. Most of us were in the back row, which is ironic, right? Like you reserve your seats. And it ended up just being that most of us were all in the back row. And so I was one seat away from two uh, film bros. And uh, and uh, shout out if you're a subscriber to Bitch Movies. And I was a, uh, there was a, a group of friends that came in. And they sat uh, in the same row towards the back as well. And when I say that the entire audience, all seven of us, were squirming in our seats. At certain points, I had my hand in front of my eyes, and I wasn't looking through my fingers. I literally did not want to see what they were what I what they could potentially show me. There is a feeling of lawlessness to this movie. There's a feeling of 
anything can happen. Again, it's controlled. It's not that sense of we're just trying to shock you and we're throwing weird shit and we don't really know and there's no real plot. And it's just an extreme experience and it's just, you know, torture porn in some way. That's not what this movie is. Uh, it is difficult. It is at times gruesome. Um, I didn't even know that going into it. I didn't even know that there, there was a horror element to this film. Let me pronounce that last R a little bit better. Horror, 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 not horror, horror, horror. I had no idea. So I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm like dumbfounded. And it wasn't an immediate like, hey, this is a great film. By the time the movie was done, I was like, this is a great film. And I would say, <laughs> I don't know what this says about me, but I have a list over at Letterboxd that I'm working on, just kind of compiling so at the end of the year I can put it out. It's not out yet, but I'm, I'm kind of already ranking the best movies that I've seen this year. And I think it's my number one film of the year so far. We still got a lot of movies to go. Uh, a lot more commercial, American, accessible, non-subtitled films. So maybe it dips. Maybe Dune replaces it. Maybe No Time to Die replaces it. Um, maybe Halloween Kills replaces it. I highly doubt it. Um, but it could, right? We don't know. And those are some instant reactions I hope to get out over the next few weeks as we lead up to season uh, 5.4, the last season of the year. So by the end of the month, right around Halloween, the Nightmare on Elm Street episode will come out. We'll have another bonus episode that's going to come out. But leading up to that, we're going to have uh, a bunch of content coming out for new release films, these instant reactions. And I'm going to do my best up front to do spoiler-free, just my impressions, and then in the back end, maybe get into some spoilers. For the sake of people who've seen this film... This would really be better if it was a dialogue. I will try to now talk about the film. Turn this the fuck off. I swear, please, just do yourself a favor. Turn it the fuck off. And I will wait a beat to give you the time to turn it off. Unless you know for a fact you are never going to watch this. And if you don't like very difficult... <laughs> Uh, body horror and violence, this is probably not the movie for you. If you can't do weird, perverted shit, this is not the film for you. The plot of this movie, <laughs> all spoilers from here on out. I did not know this. Young girl is, immediately when you look at her, this is a fucked up kid. This, is, this kid is fucked up. There's something wrong with this kid. And she has a father who cannot stand her, and you sympathize with this father. She's probably like, it probably says somewhere how old she is, but I, she seems to be like between 8 and 12. You know, I don't know. I can't tell kids' ages. And she's just obnoxious, right? She's imitating the car. She's going vroom, vroom as he's driving. He's listening to the radio. He keeps turning up the song to try to drown her out. He just, he looks exhausted. He You could just tell, like, Every waking moment of this child's life has been hell for this man. And she starts kicking his seat, kicking his seat, kicking his seat. And he's telling her to stop and stop. He's being very patient. And then he finally, she takes her seatbelt off and is just like moving around the car. And like a dad would do, he finally loses it. And two, 
He's trying to get her back in the fucking seat so that she doesn't get injured. He's like, stop, you know, I could crash the car or something, blah, blah, blah. And of course he does. It's just a really realistic, well-executed accident, and we just see slightly off to the side uh, blood on the window in an imprint in the back seat in the area she was in. Cut to her getting a titanium plate, hence the uh, name of the film, a titanium plate inserted into her head. And then we cut to her after recovery, after being in a halo, um, getting it removed. They're doing neurological tests to make sure she has still has um, you know control over her arms and, and sense and feeling and stuff like that. And this kid was already looked deranged. And at this point, she looks psychotic. She looks absolutely psychotic. She is totally uninterested in her own parents. There's no interest in them or hugging them or being with them. But when she gets out into the parking lot of this hospital, she goes up to the car and she starts caressing it and kissing it and hugging it. And she is fully in love with this car. Cut to her now as a young woman, probably somewhere in her 20s, mid-20s, I would guess, still living at home. And she is a dancer. She's basically like a booty shorts girl. She's like a Red Bull girl kind of a thing in the States, but for car shows, for these big European car shows and like quasi-underground car shows, almost like a go-go dancer kind of a thing, right? Not a stripper, but like a go-go dancer. She's no nudity. And she's in hot pants and she's, you know, uh, fishnets and a bikini top. And she, so all these, you know, there's many of them, but she's kind of famous in this world. She's, you know, very well known because these are things that we draw from what the movie shows us because she has some kind of erotic ability to project eroticism that the other women, as sexy as they are, don't exactly have. And, and, She's dancing and she's writhing around the vehicle and the car and all this sort of stuff. And it's very obvious that uh, she has this affection for vehicles has grown into some sort of sexual fetish. I don't know how else to put it. I know that sounds really weird. It's going to get weirder. <laughs> um, I th- and the th- Let's just stop there, right? So presumably if you're listening to it at this point, you either don't care or you have seen it yourself and you just want to hear somebody talk about it because it's a really weird movie. The, the movie doesn't entirely play its hand there yet, but you get a sense of kind of where it's going. And this does the best thing that all movies do. And that is something that I beat in the ground on binge movies. And a lot of movie buffs talk about this concept, but it's show don't tell. I've said it 10 million times, but the fact is, This movie is so good at conveying to you not just information, but conveying to you subtleties through performance, through camera placement, through the steady and controlled hand of, I would argue, a master director. This woman is an incredible director. If you're not familiar with her other works, she's got a I think maybe three or four or five other films out there. Her most famous before this is Raw, which is a movie about cannibalism or someone who gets a taste for raw flesh at the very least. And um, this is weirder than that. This is weirder than that. Because there's, there's, a, there's a, it's strange. 
and there's an introduction of a female character that gets potentially a love interest, but without even them, without conveying anything in the performance of the lead actress and just the direction and just the, the pacing and the cutting and the editing and just like master craft filmmaking craftsmanship, master class filmmaking craftsmanship. Everything's conveyed to you on an intuitive level. And if you're confused, you have the sense that she wants you to be confused. And, and, but you do get the sense that it, it, with a little bit more time, the confusion will abate. And there's a nervousness that comes with that because you're like, once I'm not confused and what she's really trying to communicate here, the director, uh, comes into focus, it may be pretty, pretty freaking disturbing. And I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm not sure that I want to see. It's like a magician, right? That has has you know they 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 put up the uh, magic cloth or whatever in front of you know they got the t the hat or they've got the whatever on the table, right? And they pull the cloth out and they put it in front of you and they're dangling it around and they're saying the magic words, and it's like that's exactly what's going on here. Only at a certain point you're like, I don't know that I want to see what's behind there, and that is true horror. That is true. That's really where that's being actually. Not just scared, but frightened. I'm fascinated, but I don't know if I want to see. I don't know that I want to see what's behind there. I don't know that I want to know. I'm intrigued, but I'm uncomfortable. And that's what this movie is all the way through. It's intriguing, it's involving, it's engaging, but it's uncomfortable. And it's, it's disturbing, but it's disturbing sometimes in very, yeah, over-the-top, gross-out, ways especially when it's we get into not only is she sexually attracted to cars uh and very obviously does cannot connect with other human beings including one of the other dancers who's very obviously interested in her and it's almost as if she's going through the sexual motions but there's nothing there and there's a fascination with the nipple rings because it's metal and this sort of metal fetish that she has and the things that she does, there's what you re quickly realize is that this person, uh, the, the main female character, is inhuman. They're a psychopath and seem almost seeming alien. And the more she comes into focus, the more you're intrigued and the more you're repulsed. That intrigue and repulsion, that fear and fright and fascination interplays in such a sort of beautiful way that your fingers are in front of your face and everybody in the theater, because there were so few of us, people are just going, oh, God, Jesus, no, oh. And really, in retrospect, there's some stuff, but there's, there's, it's more of the sense that is getting communicated. It's the vibe that's being communicated to you more so than the images themselves, which is proof that you are in the presence of a master director because that's the famous thing about, you know, when people came out of Psycho, they swore they saw way more blood than you really do. You see a little swirl of some blood diffused in water in a shower going down a drain. That's about it, you know, but they people swore it was the goriest thing they ever saw. You know, The Exorcist, to some extent. You know, people have recollections of that that are so extreme 
in comparison to what's really in the movie. And some of that is changing of taste, changing of time, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's pushing the envelope for its day. It's doing something that hadn't been quite done before. Um, but some of it is also just master filmmaking. You have a visceral experience with something and you don't quite know what to expect. And it feeds your imagination something that it, your imagination at a certain point begins to take on as your brain is trying to process and reason the motivations and the things that you see you you, you then find yourself uh your mind your, your imagination running away with itself and running away with you and your fear running away with you and your fascination it's a very powerful experience and you know come to find out that this woman our lead Alexa or Alexia is a killer. She's not just a killer. She's a serial killer. And we watch her kill a house full of people in the most brutal way possible. And yet it's oddly some of the funniest stuff in the movie. And I know that sounds weird. Um, she's not just a serial killer. She's not just sort of this asexual inhuman thing which the movie further dives into sort of androgyny and gender fluidity uh and sexual fluidity but she's also uh, not just in love with cars or sexually attracted to cars at one point she has sex with a car and it doesn't exactly show us how that works and that's fine by me but she's impregnated by a car and you would think that once she's impregnated by a car and and there's motor oil coming out of her vagina you would think that that would just completely overtake the movie. And again, this is evidence that you're in the presence of a master filmmaker because such a ridiculous, disgusting, disturbing, bizarre concept doesn't derail the movie so much to the point that when she compl almost completely puts it in the background and starts bringing a more family drama, humane human story between two characters about a psychopath essentially learning empathy that it 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 doesn't feel disjointed it doesn't feel like well that whole big thing of being impregnated by a a, a Cadillac or a Lincoln or a, you know classic car that should probably be the forefront of the movie a lesser movie would have just made it about a sexy woman who fucks cars it's not what this movie does. That's the eroticism of that is there, and that's disturbing. But then it's it's backgrounded, and in the foreground is a human story. Because the way that she, when she escapes, she escapes uh, uh, after the murder of her parents and the murder of an entire household of people, and she becomes wanted by disfiguring herself to and uh, 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 putting her binding her breasts and her pregnant belly and um, cutting her hair to make herself look like a adult version of a child who's been missing for 10 years. And she takes herself and reports herself as being a missing child. And the father, who is a firefighter, uh, comes to get her, believing it to be his son, and you're not quite sure throughout the duration of that film, 
Does he really believe it or does he need to believe it? I mean, we know he needs to believe it. But does he know that about himself? Does he know that he's seen what he needs to see? And when does he know it? And when will he acknowledge it? Or is he deluded? Is it a delusion? Is it folly, as one of the characters says? How could he really believe that this is his son? Why does he deny the DNA test? All of these sort of things. And then all of the interplay between that and his life and decisions that he makes and things that he does. And also the very weird, odd love and sexual chemistry that begins to develop between father and son. I know it sounds way more perverted than it, but then it comes, it, it comes off perverted in the movie, but the whole time there's the ambiguity of, but does he know, does he actually know that this is a woman? Cause it's kind of obvious it's not a man. It's, it's pretty obvious that's not his son. Even to other characters, and they, they, they can't say anything because he's in a position of power. And so is what's beginning to develop and emerge between them a love and a sexual attraction? And how much does the character know and how much are they willing to admit and again, it's ambiguity. There's that. There's gender ambiguity. There's all this sort of stuff. And what you begin, you watch this pretty evil, psychotic, sociopathic, emotionless monster develop a genuine bond, connection, and affinity for another human being. And it's, there's a series of other things that happen, obviously. But that's really the heart of the film. So that the payoff of bringing the pregnancy back around, and they do cut back to it, and you do see the progression of the pregnancy, and you do wonder, and it does provide a ticking time clock sort of element to it. But when we get back to the end of the, the, we get to the third act, and that pregnancy comes back to the forefront, and a lot of the other stuff goes to the background, it's now really about the relationship between these two people. And then we'll be, we answered the question of, if she's pregnant by a car, what is inside of her? And when the movie tips its hand, it begins to reveal what's inside of her. You're still not sure. So that when she goes into the birth, the birth sequence of the film, everything about that from beginning to end is so uneasy and uncomfortable and disturbing and disgusting but really, in retrospect, what you realize is that it was your imagination. It was, they've gotten you so bought in from what the mo- the disturbing stuff the movie does in the beginning. And it kind of drops all of that. It drops a lot of the disturbing stuff. And, it, and it, it's not just a shock you sort of movie. It drops the gore. And even the way that the pregnancy and stuff is done and shot, I mean, there's there's some disgusting elements, so there's body horror elements to it for sure. Um, but the actual birth part, that they choose not to show certain things. They chose to cut away. They chose to go to a limit but not go over that limit, and there's way more extreme stuff in the first act of the film than in the last act, and I think that's interesting. Because you'll think it'd be the other way around, that we're going to build towards this absolute blowout, climax disgusting thing but does it play out that way 
it actually plays out. Yeah, there's that feeling, but it plays out humanely because it turns out the entire story in a weird way is about parenting and family and empathy and love and compassion and choice. And it's not a deeply perverted erotic thriller about a woman who enjoys fucking cars. Um, That's what's on the box. That's certainly in there. But you realize that even that is, is some search some pursuit for some some greater meaning some greater connection that the vehicle is the only thing since a child she's been able to to connect with to the point that even as she's pregnant and she has sex again with a different vehicle (laughs) it sounds so bizarre if you haven't seen the movie um she's like crying the whole time because it's not actually what she wants and so when she goes into the bedroom with the father figure and tries to seduce him. That's also not what she wants. She just wants someone to care about her and to be with her. That is what this movie is really about. It's shock, it's awe, it's gore, it's viscera, it's all this stuff. But it's actually just the story of two people looking for relationship and looking for love and needing somebody else and finding it within each other those are my thoughts let me know what you thought until next time ben john